Hello, this is Daniel Gregory, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. I hope you're having a great week. You're listening to episode 384 of our podcast. This week's podcast is sponsored by me. And if you have not yet signed up for my newsletter, go ahead and head up to my website, danieljgregory.com. Sign up for the newsletter and you'll get a free copy of my digital inkjet printing guide updated for 2022. And if you're a current subscriber of the newsletter, there is always a link to the PDF printing guide in case you've missed it in the past. So just check out the next newsletter and you'll be able to pick up a link from that. This week, we're actually going to be talking about printing, which is why our sponsorship this week was the printing guide. I am in the middle of teaching a printing workshop up here at the studio, and it's been a great week. Great people participating in the studio. We've had some great conversations, some great studio visits, and really have started to, I think, make some really interesting prints and have some great conversations about printing. That in combination with a conversation I had heard a while back, probably a few weeks ago now, but it was two people discussing if you can determine what a good print is when you were looking at photographic prints in the gallery. And of course, I was very glad they weren't discussing could we determine whether or not it was good photography, good art, because it's so subjective. But as they were talking, one person felt like you couldn't determine whether or not it was really a good print because art is subjective. The other person felt like there's got to be criteria by which you can determine whether a print is good or not. And I, of course, am in the camp that we can absolutely determine whether a print is good. Now, whether the photograph is good and printed poorly, or the photograph is a poor photograph printed well, those are different conversations. Today's podcast is really about what does it mean to say that we have a good print? So much like we discussed in my workshop, much like those people were discussing I do believe there's criteria by which we can make the decision for what defines a really good print. And when we get that language, when we get that understanding of what makes a good print, from that, we, I think, have more insightful conversations when we talk about photography because we can then start to separate the quality of the printing from the photograph. Now, those two things are intertwined, as we'll talk in a second, but we can start to have much more intentional conversations about the photographs that we look at. Now, first of all, anybody who's ever printed their own work and thought they had a good print and then ever seen it reproduced in a magazine, a book printed by somebody else knows that printing quality varies greatly. And that's why I think printing your own work is so important because if you're printing your own work and you're getting to the point where you're satisfied with that print, that is your ultimate vision of the photograph. So it's not defined by whether or not somebody screwed up the ink mix on an offset press when they made a magazine or a brochure or something like that. That's truly your idealized version of that photograph. And that's what we can use to judge moving forward whether or not the photograph is well presented, well represented. So it's if whether or not you've got that print. That's why I think printing is an important aspect in that criteria. But as we define what a great print is, what makes truly a really great print, there's a couple of things that we can discuss. I think one is that that print will have optimal tonal values. Whether you're black and white or color, we're talking about gradations, color variations, color placement, tonal placement in black and whites. We're talking about the optimal tonal representation for that subject and subject matter. The photograph has the appropriate level of details that the processing that has been done on the image allows for the revealing of the intention, vision, and artistry of that photographer. And by reveal, I think that's an important word. 
It's allowing us to see and pull back and understand the additional complexity that comes from looking at a photograph. We start to see what mattered in the photograph. How did the photographer want our eye to move through that frame? So while we talk about compositional elements of shape, form, line, and other compositional tools, the print is much that way. As we look at the actual components that are print specific, they allow us to understand the totality of that vision. So when we look at that statement of, you know, what makes that great print, optimal tones, details, what are some of the components of that that are critical? Well, I think first and foremost is any unwanted or undesired artifact is not present in that photograph. This goes to sharpening issues. This goes to unintended things that appear in the frame. This goes to masking issues. This goes to uh, color shifts. This goes to issues in the print where maybe there's a scratch or a scuff on the actual final image. Anything that allows us to be a distraction, something that we don't want to be in the image that shouldn't naturally be there, I think is one of the criteria that we can use to evaluate a print. So if I look at a photograph and I say, wow, you can really see the halos along the horizon line from a sky mask or from a, a paint, a brush stroke to actually create the mask or the over sharpening again creates that light and dark halo. We don't want to see that in the photograph. If that's not our desire and that's not our intention, that becomes an unwanted artifact. Great photographs do not have those. Now, some of you are going to try to convince yourself that those sharpening halos are a wanted artifact because you're having trouble getting rid of them, so you accept them. You really have to be honest with yourself about, is that the intended artifact that I want? Because I do think there are some people pushing the edge of some of their creativity that may have artifacts that are unpleasing from one person to another. But when an artifact is desired, when an artifact is wanted in the image, it has a different characteristic than an unwanted artifact. So if you're having the unwanted conversation and trying to rationalize it, you probably have an unwanted artifact. I also think that one of the other pieces we look at when we determine the criteria of a great photograph is, are the details in shadow and highlight appropriate? Now, that doesn't mean we don't have a deep component of negative space. But do we have sufficient detail so that we contextualize, process, and understand the significant shadow and detail information? Going back to the zone system, if you were a black and white photographer back in the film days, you know, zone three and zone seven had fully rendered detail. That's why they were the significant kind of zones for detail. Everything else was tonal in one and two, eight and nine, had a little smidge of detail, but you know, they were mostly toned. So that detail, do I have the significant detail present in that photograph? Outside of that are the tones, colors, and values of the things around the detail. Do I have the appropriate colors? Do I have the appropriate gradation of color? Do I have the appropriate tonal values? Are all of those pieces and components appropriate to, again, the subject and subject matter of the photograph? Does the photograph represent itself at the proper depth and dimensionality that we would expect, again, given subject matter and subject? Does it represent the three-dimensional aspect, or in some cases, the compression and two-dimensional aspect of the photograph? If it lacks the appropriate dimensionality, again, we have an issue with that being an optimally printed photograph. And finally, does that intention meet the photographer's goals, purpose, and vision 
of that image. Not that the print, the ultimate print was what the photographer settled for and said that that is my vision, but did the photographer spend the time to make sure that that print met their intention as they got started and completed the work? So when we look at a photograph, when we look at the criteria for judging a photograph and thinking about the photograph as a print, one of the things that we can do again as we critique that work is to look at artifacts, dimensionality, details, colors, tones, values, and then on top of that overlay the presentation, size, crop, framing, matting, uh, substrate presentation. Is it on OLED? As a, as a video component? Is it on metal, acrylic? What are all the other components that are in presentation that really matter? Does that allow us to have the optimal expression of the image? Is it a small intimate image at two inches by three inches or is it printed large in scale? Whatever those components are, those are things that we as critiquers, viewers, other photographers, appreciators of photography can use to say, is this a good print or not? Did this print meet and match an expectation that was set? And what's really interesting about this, like I mentioned this at the very beginning of the podcast, is that a great photograph can be poorly printed. A poor photograph can be very well printed. But when we start to take amazing, great photographs and combine them with great prints, meaning that they're getting the full expression of that intention, of that possibility of that photograph, we end up with much more interesting and engaging work to look at. And where I think a lot of photographers stumble, and I think where a lot of photographers fail, is in recognizing that that is a two-step process. We must have interesting photographs, and they must be well-presented. They must be well-printed. And again, thinking about size, shape, crop, substrate, artifacting, depth, detail, all of those components have all of those been considered so that we have the right image selected to be presented the right way. And if both of those criteria are met, I think we have an interesting photograph to spend time with and looking at. It allows us to also dive into that question of intention and vision of the photographer. Can I figure out the intention, the actual low-level intention of a photographer? Not always. I can come up with what a plausible intention might be for that photograph. But the better that print is done, the more that print realizes the vision of the photographer and the experience that photographer wants me as a viewer to have when I look at that photograph, I gain more insight into that communication between me and the photographer that is spoken through the language of the photograph. Without that realization, without that attention to detail in the print, it is a much more challenging conversation. It's a much more difficult conversation where we're more likely to have a miscommunication. So as you're starting to think about your photographs and your prints, one of the things you can do is elevate your opportunity for that conversation by making sure you're getting the best print quality possible. By make, Again, making sure that you're not just accepting what you get as, well, that's what it is, but that we make sure that we don't have those unintended and undesired issues within the photograph. Do we really have the language, 
the visual language within the photograph to communicate as best as possible our ultimate vision and voice for what that photograph should be about. This takes time and this takes practice. So one of the things you could do is make a print where you've blown out all the details in the shadows, then make one where you've rendered the details in the shadows and put the print up and come back to it the next day, the day after, have other people look at it, see who and how we respond to those photographs. How do we respond to photographs when the color is done right? When the color is correct again to that sensibility of what we think the photo is about? Making an image incorrect and making an image correct and comparing those two will probably accelerate your process and understanding what you need to do to make sure you're making the most optimal images possible. Good luck out there. I know printing and taking that next step, taking that next editing step sometimes can be a little nerve-wracking. So good luck with those steps. Good luck with that process. Again, to help you out, check out my digital inkjet printing guide for 2022. Lots of information in there about this and little tips and tricks to help you out. Again, just pop up to my website, danieljgregory.com, sign up for the newsletter, and you'll get a free copy of that PDF. Hope you have a great week behind the camera. Thanks again for spending a little bit of your week with me. Really do appreciate it. And I will see you all next time for our next episode of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast.